0: Hello and welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte and today I'm joined by Sarah Hunt from Northern Publisher Sarah Band. Welcome Sarah.
1: Thank you very much Charlotte and thanks for inviting me to be on the podcast.
0: Oh thank you, thank you for joining us. Just to start with, do you mind telling us a bit about how you got your start in publishing? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. so um I got started after I had done my degree and um, it was in the kind of wasteland of the Thatcher years where there was also a lot of unemployment so it wasn't an easy time to start Um, but I absolutely knew that what I wanted to do was publishing. I didn't know anyone, I had no contacts, I had no obvious routes to entry. At the time there weren't... um, same degree of courses and so on but there was one which was at the London College of Printing um, a postgraduate diploma and that's now I think it's the College of Communications part of the University of the Arts London so I went to a course there which was very useful it was very general and um, i just applied for absolutely everything and wrote lots and lots of letters and just kept on and on and on until eventually i did get a job it was just a case of sticking at it
0: what was it about publishing that made you so sure that that was the industry you wanted to work in i think in a way it was a kind
1: of a, a mixture of of pull factors and push factors if you like in that i had I think when I was at school, I was a little bit steered towards medicine and all these kind of profession type of of things. And I knew that I wanted to do something creative, but I wasn't quite sure what. But the one thing that I consistently loved all the way from being maybe about four years old was reading and books. And I always had a sense that books were glamorous and fascinating and worlds unto themselves. And it almost didn't matter what what kind, what genre. I was always just completely passionate about books and reading. So I think a lot of people feel that way and that's what draws them to publishing. Um, but then there was a kind of second... Side to it, which was that um, I I did a kind of general humanities degree that didn't lead to to any particular kind of vocation or you know obvious job, and I I just couldn't get my head around the things that my contemporaries at uni were applying to do. It was things like the civil service, admin, insurance, um, sales, purchasing. Jobs, I mean, all, all sorts of things that I just couldn't possibly in a million years envisage doing. So, I mean, they were all kind of things I could just couldn't even picture what those people did. Um, and I just kept on, on and on and on coming back to the only thing I'd always wanted to do was something to do with books. I did try to look into it, but there were no obvious roots of entry until I found that course. And um even then um you know there was a lot of kind of being warned that it's very difficult to get in, you know, if you're a northerner and if you don't have contacts and and that sort of thing. So I think it was just sticking at it.
0: And what kind of jobs did you have sort of early on in your career? Did you have a particular idea of where in publishing you wanted to work? I think
1: that I was so obsessed with getting into publishing that I applied for everything. And um, one thing was I did know from, uh, there there was someone who was in the year above me at uni who was the single one and only person I knew in publishing. And she said to me, you'll never get into editorial. It's just not going to happen. And if you do, you'll spend years and years as an editorial secretary, because at the time, it really was just loads and loads of photocopying, assisting, typing, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so, of course, i still applied anyway, but I didn't really get, get anywhere near on those. But I applied for marketing and publicity jobs by kind of writing blurbs for for books that I've read and sending them in on spec and all sorts of things. But in the end, the job I got, the first job I got was actually in production. And um, it was very much helped by the fact that it it was less competitive and still is. And, you know, basically if you're kind of numerate and have some of those other skills, it's, it's a good way of getting a job from where you can move on and, and move into other areas. So in, in the case of the first job I got, the the person who was doing the hiring, I think, took something like six interviewees from the same course that I was doing and sprung a test on us when we, when we got there. So it was not things I was specifically prepared for, but I think you know it seemed a reasonable way of doing it and it wasn't a job I was particularly dying to have but I was very glad once I was in because you know it was a step on the road
0: so uh, surprising how little things have uh, have changed in some in some regards um, absolutely um, and you mentioned that obviously editorial is an incredibly competitive sector of the industry to try and get into and there are many Misconceptions, shall we say, about what working in editorial actually is, and what are some of the most common misconceptions that you have come across in your career about working in editorial?
1: Well, I think they are. It's probably no different than any other career, if you like, that people kind of imagine certain things about it based on their own very vague ideas, or maybe something that they've read about or, or seen, but It's mainly people, I think, just thinking, well, I love reading. So, you know, if I go into editorial, I'll just be able to read novels all day or whatever it is that the area of publishing, editing that they most want to be in. And um, it's actually a good idea not to say, it's fine to say I absolutely love love books and reading, but you you shouldn't lead on that in an interview because you know you'll just be exactly the same as every other person without demonstrating that you've thought about what it might involve so yeah just loving books isn't isn't enough um there there are lots of different kinds of editing and they involve really specific skills you know if you just love books there's lots of other things that you could do either in publishing or beyond so Um, It's a question of really trying to think of what your skill set is, what skills you could get um, to prepare for getting a job and also trying to uh, find out what you can about what would be involved.
0: So if you're someone, for example, starting out and really, really passionate about getting into editorial, what skills would you recommend people actually need in order to get that first step on that competitive ladder?
1: Editorial is quite different across different sectors of publishing and different genres within that. So I think what most people um, are keen to get into is what's called trade publishing, which is the kind of books you see in bookshops, as opposed to academic or uh, scientific and technical and other kinds of things. If, If you are looking to get into editing on a kind of general fiction list for example you it will take you a while to work up the tree if you're looking eventually to get to the commissioning side um so i can explain what that is um being the person who is spotting the books and bringing them into the list so for that kind of job it will take years to get there but you really need a very strong commercial sense. You have to know know the competition, know what sells. You have to be um, numerate. You have to be very decisive, e- even ruthless um, in a way, because you have to get through lots of things and put them to one side. You're, you are there to build a list which will be in really tight parameters. Um, and you have to identify what it is about that book and get rid of 99 percent of the books that will come through your hands and then be ready to make a case in-house for that book to the other departments um, and if you like sell it to the others so you have to be persuasive you have to have really good PR and presentation skills as I say numerate a fast reader very decisive um and it's not really about just books that you like you'd hope to like them as well of course but they have to fit the list that you're acquiring for so that's if you like at the top of the editorial tree in the middle um, of the tree and where a lot of people like to be um as a, as a sort of long-term goal in their career is to be a kind of development editor or structural editor where you'll be the hands-on person who develops a book once it's been decided to publish it and um, you'll be working with the author very closely and refining that book so if you're in fiction that will be for example suppose you're in a crime fiction list you, you'll be working very much on the pacing and the plot making sure everything in the plot holds together and there's no sequencing gone wrong or those kinds of things you need a really strong sense of, of um, what, what makes that book work so in a way that probably matches the closest to things like you might want to do in publishing if you've come from a creative writing kind of background. Um, and it, it would be similar in non-fiction as well, but you know, in that case, you would be trying to keep to keep relevance, a very tight table of contents, making you're avoiding repetition and and so on. So that's that's working with text um, and and just being very very skilled in that, um, getting in to those those. Uh, forms of editorial you 'll be coming up almost certainly starting with lots and lots of proofreading so that you really start to see the areas that most need to be developed um, and my personal recommendation is is to absolutely work hard on learning better grammar and punctuation because I think most traditional and a lot of smaller independent publishers are still very strong on putting good grammar and punctuation first for clarity. It will be particularly crucial for certain kinds of non-fiction. You need good general knowledge, uh, not only for non-fiction, where you might be called upon to do fact-checking and so on as well, but also, for for example, if you were editing uh, a historical novel, you would need to be reasonably able to spot if there's a if there's a big mistake somewhere. Clearly, it's, it's the author's responsibility, but you know there are lots of occasions when uh, things get through that are complete anachronisms or whatever it may be having having specific knowledge in in that area is i mean whatever area you're publishing in is very handy and then just more um i think applying to most jobs in publishing i think it's really useful to have some basic in design skills um because it just comes in handy in so many roles um and obviously word um, I don't know why I said obviously, it's not really obvious, but Microsoft Word works with the Adobe software and is much more uh, in use in nearly every publishing company now rather than um, just any other form of text editor. So it's useful to, to know how to use the track changes and, and just know your way around Microsoft Word if you, if you can. I would say as well, if you've got good attention to detail, really good concentration and focus, discipline, organisational skills, those are those are the real nuts and bolts that will help you get into editorial.
0: So the culmination of your career really so far is that you have your own independent publishing house um, based um, now in, in Manchester. What made you take the leap into establishing your your own business?
1: when I got started, it was quite difficult to uh to start in publishing um It wasn't as accessible there weren't a kind of obvious um, things like crowdfunders or different ways of starting that there are now. There are lots more opportunities now but um it was actually just a combination of circumstances because i had i was living in the states at the time and i had um kind of choices of what to do between i had been doing um a temporary job there which lasted for 2 years and then i wasn't that keen to to take a full time job where at the time there was very little opportunity to you know you'd have to work for 2 or 3 years to to even get one week's leave and I just didn't feel I wanted to be living abroad without any flexibility on traveling backwards and forwards. It was kind of a process of elimination of different things I could do with my skill set, and I just kind of thought I'd give it a go, really. And yeah, it it stuck. (laughs) (laughs) It has evolved a lot, though, over the years, because to begin with, we worked as what's known as a book packager, where you are preparing everything from if you like you sell the idea to another publishing company and we would create it all the way from scratch and deliver the books into the warehouse um, and then let them do the the distribution and marketing from there so that was a safer way to start because You would be producing books under contract rather than, um, you know, putting them in a warehouse and trying to sell them.
0: So as you say, you started off in the US um, and you've also been, the company's moved from Scotland now to Manchester. And obviously there's a lot of talk going on about um, more northern based publishing. And what benefits do you think there are to being a northern based publisher?
1: When I started my career, um, I think other than things like university presses, I was really not aware of any alternative to being in London for a publishing job. You know, there were a small number of companies, but there wasn't the flexibility that there is now. And I think, um, I mean, here we are in lockdown and it doesn't seem... um, it doesn't seem such an obvious thing that people should all be flocking to to work in London when the downsides of that are really uh, really hard for people. things like um, you know a real lack of space, the expense, the long, long commuting, um it's it's not an easy place I think London to to achieve a work-life balance although having worked in both London and New York City you know I I do love cities as well and I um I can certainly see the attraction but I wouldn't want to re-enter that world um because you know what's not to like about being up north really we've got so much more space and we've got amazing countryside and everything really i don't feel we lack anything it is a bit more difficult uh getting access to the media and the the, the, because the whole publishing community is there um obviously you're slightly on the back foot in in that sense but I, I wouldn't want to change it. I think it's, it's brilliant being up north and you should all try it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what advice do you wish you had been given before you had started your career in publishing?
1: I'm not sure in a way whether how much of how much of the advice that was going around then would be relevant today apart from there was a, always a sense that you have to be slightly mad to do it because it's it's not a secure job you know it's an industry that that does go through lots of ups and downs um but I think sticking sticking at it just just you know if you're absolutely passionate about doing something, then you really have to just go for it. And um, that advice is probably probably just the same now.
0: Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for joining us and uh, for answering all our questions. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, thank you very much for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SYP podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.